Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. We continue the four-part series today from my course entitled The Art of Asking Questions, which you can find at courses.clearandopen.com. I'll talk about the importance of curiosity in financial management and how the realm has very little to do with numbers, despite what most people think. We also explore the difference between skill, knowledge, and awareness, and how our educational conditioning sets us up to fail, unfortunately, as adults, because it sells us knowledge as the means to fulfillment, which doesn't work. Again, this series is from my course, The Art of Asking Questions. I offer a weekly member webcast, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because I want to help. I hope this podcast helps you. Almost every single thing you hear in this podcast is excerpted from my courses and other trainings, and I'm here to be of service. So if you need any help, you can go to clearandopen.com and reach me there. Good luck to you. Thanks for listening. I had a a client once who uh, we were talking, it was uh, some of you guys know dry cleaning, so you'll appreciate this example. The question was about the uh, percentage of direct labor, which is really important in uh, industries like dry cleaning, restaurants, the percentage of, uh, of direct labor to, um, uh, to sales. And it's an important number to be able to have your finances organized so that you can track that. And I asked this client about that, where they tracking direct labor and they said, no. And I said, well, why not? That's kind of like some of the lowest hanging fruit there is for financial management in that situation. And they said these exact words, if it wasn't what it should be, we couldn't do anything about it anyway. I wanted to claw my face off. If it wasn't what it should be, we couldn't do anything about it anyway. Do you see? That's the fork in the road. If it wasn't what it should be, parentheses, I would be really uncomfortable, feel trapped, not know what to do. How can you know you don't, there's nothing you could do about it anyway until you see the number? So, I teach a lot of financial management. And what I find is, you know, people always think it's about numbers. I'm not good with numbers. Uh, numbers make me uncomfortable. Did you finish sixth grade? Because if you finish sixth grade, you have the math skills, arithmetic skills, more specifically, to be able to do financial management. But people make it all about numbers. What it is, is they're not curious. Because if financial management is all about looking at a number and comparing it to some other number what it should be, what your competitors do, what the industry standard is, and then going, why is that? How could it be lower? How could it be better? What are the things that happen that produce this number? What's the story behind the numbers? It's all curiosity. And then you go on a little treasure hunt and you find out that's financial management. It has almost nothing to do with numbers. 10%, 20%, it has everything to do, everything to do with curiosity. So people who are good with money are not generally people who are good with numbers. They're people who are curious and willing to face discomfort, willing to ask questions, willing to look at, 
hmm, how much did we spend on sushi last year? How much did we spend on clothing last year? How much was that vacation? I remember once I talked to a, a client who was taking a vacation here on Maui and he was staying at the Four Seasons in South Maui, which is at least 500 bucks a night. And they were there for like 10 days or something. I was like, how much is this place anyway? And he's like, I don't even look. When I get the receipt at the end of the stay, I don't even look. I just sign it. Now that's cute in a way, but what does it tell you? It's a turning away from reality. And that's the root cause of so many people's money problems. They just don't want to look because it hurts. Okay. I understand that it hurts. I understand the 10 days at the Four Seasons is a big bill or how much your $4 lattes add up to at the end of 30 days or whatever. Like, yeah, that may hurt or be embarrassing or whatever, but that's reality. And there's nothing you can do about it until you face it. That's the essence of financial management. You could say the same thing about a marriage. You know, it's not working. Well, what do you think your contribution is to it not working? Where are you projecting your mother or father stuff in this relationship? Um, you know, oh, I don't want to look at that. That's uncomfortable. I don't want to look at how my parents weren't perfect. Okay, well, you have that choice, but you'll be playing it out for the rest of your life. See? So that's how important curiosity is. It's curiosity is our ability to get apprehend and work with the information that we need to solve the problems before us. So we tend to operate in, again, back to education theory, we tend to think in terms of what has been called the knowledge deficit model. And the knowledge deficit model is what our education system is largely based on, albeit unintentionally and unconsciously. And the knowledge deficit model basically says is that to be a successful, happy adult, you need knowledge. So education, therefore, will be a bunch of rigmaroles that give you knowledge. And then you show up in the world and then you have problems. And it turns out knowing the Magna Carta was signed in 1215 and the you know, American Revolution was 1776 and you know, knowing about the sugar slave triangle and all of that stuff doesn't make much of a difference in your life, does it? All of those facts, all of that knowledge, it doesn't help a whole lot. That's the knowledge deficit model. The knowledge deficit model is you are passive receivers. We will give you this knowledge. And by the way, we're not going to give you much practical knowledge, like you know how to balance a checkbook or how to read a P&L. That would actually be, those are more like skills, but uh, um, that's the knowledge deficit model. So because we had all of this um, pre- I don't know how to say it, pre-cognitive in some ways, because education starts before we're 12 years old, um, pre-cognitive conditioning, before we have much of a head on our shoulders, we're taught, this is what learning is. This is what learning is. This is what learning it is. Open wide, here comes some more knowledge. It's really good for you. Here comes the plane in the mouth. You take more knowledge and it's going to be good. And then you find out it's not good for you. But you don't know anything else because that's what you were conditioned to believe, that you just need more knowledge. And so this is why as adults, many people come to me and other helpers of humans, and they say, I don't know how to budget. Well, do you know how to Google? Because budgeting takes like three seconds to learn how to do. 
I don't know how to blah, blah, blah. I don't, whatever you don't know how to do. There's many books on the subject and many people who, you know, you could practically with, with the advent of the internet. To me, the greatest thing about the internet is that it's shown us the weakness of the knowledge deficit model. Because look, all of this information, remember when you used to have to go to the library to find out about something and then maybe you didn't even find a book that told you? Now it's just, here's the info, here's the info, here's the info. Are you happy now? Are you successful now? Are you fulfilled now? Turns out not. So I think what we're going to continue to see is the, um, the fall of the knowledge deficit model where we're starting to see how it doesn't work. So it's, if it's not knowledge that actually creates fulfilled human beings, what is it? Anybody know? For 25 points? There's two other categories of learning, I would say, and they're both more important than knowledge, but one is far more. Experience. Experience? Mm -hmm. I, I would say, um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. I haven't thought about that. You could say experience, but what is it you gain from experience? Well, it's even like with knowledge, right? Like you can, you can go read a book and you can go watch a video on something but that doesn't actually mean you know or understand it because until you put it into practice, there are a lot of things that, you know, are not well taught in a book, but when you experience them in real life, that's when you gain the true understanding of like how it applies and how it works in the real world. So yeah, yeah. I think experience often trumps information. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It does. You might need some knowledge to get started. I'm not saying knowledge is important. I'm just saying it's overly weighted. So in the model that I use to describe this, it's sort of, it's one more uh, level resolved, um, focused in than experience. What I would say comes from experience is awareness, uh, one. And I would say the other one is skill because you cannot gain skill without practice and experience is practice. So of those three things, skill, knowledge, and awareness, I would argue awareness is most important Skill is second most important and knowledge third. But the way we're taught is that knowledge is most important, skill is second important, and awareness third. So we have it completely backwards. What, what exactly is awareness versus knowledge? Um, I can tell you how to ride a bike. You know, you put your feet on the pedals, the front brake is the left one, the Back break is the right. That's information, it's, which it's is knowledge. A little cleaner to say information. Yeah, information. I'm I'm sort of equating knowledge and information. Okay. So there's no practice. There's no experience. It's just purely mental information about it. That's knowledge. Okay. And then skill results in practice. Uh, it comes from practice. A skill is trying it out, failing, adjusting, doing it again. Uh, awareness is the hardest to define. Awareness is learning about your relationship to the thing that you're doing, how you relate with it, mm. how it, what it means personally to you, where how you're good at it because of your strengths, how you're not good at it because of your weaknesses, uh, how it, how it's important to you, how you're projecting onto it. For example, finance, financial management. When someone says, "Oh, I'm not good at financial management because I'm not good with numbers," if if it's actually the case that they're not good at financial management because they're afraid of discomfort, that's an awareness gap, not a knowledge gap. So what you want to do there is ask questions to be like, oh, well, 
here's a good example of the power of questions. What kind of numbers in financial management give you trouble? What operations, division, multiplication, or using a calculator, what is it exactly? That will drill down and show them to themselves that it's actually not a numbers thing. So when you ask a set of questions to help them see, hmm, it's actually not a numbers thing. And what is it? And that curiosity results in awareness. And what they actually find is it's just Joseph, uncomfortable for them and they're afraid of discomfort. Go ahead, Dave. How would that relate to the, the bicycle example for awareness? Uh, good question. What's awareness related to riding bikes? Well, I would say there's a physical awareness, like balancing is not something you can tell someone how to do. It is, a, there's a skill balancing a bicycle, but it also results, uh, it also comes from a body awareness. You know, kids are kind of, you know, uh, jellyfishy. They're not so body aware and um, their cores are weak and their focus is usually weak. And riding a bicycle is something that forces you to get all of that together. Uh, it's that the word for that is proprioception in the fitness business. It's awareness of your body in space. And I would say that's more of an awareness than a skill. But then you could go even deeper than that. Uh, you know, like, um, uh, you know, does, is the person, um, I don't know why someone would be afraid of bicycle. Well, if someone falls off the bike, right. And hurts themselves, which, you know, that happens. I imagine for a hundred kids who fall off a bike and hurt themselves, there's at least one who resists getting back on the bike. Right. And that becomes an awareness thing. So there's fear there. Oh, how are you relating to the fear? Is a fear, is the fear of falling again, a reason not get on the bike? How do they relate to that? That's an awareness thing. You, you, I'm sure everybody remembers, uh, I sure do of when, uh, learning to ride a bike and the, you know, the, the, the parents got the hand on the back of the seat or whatever. And you're like, I'm riding. And you look back and the parents like 30 feet behind you. And, and you just, you're into your awareness. Like, Oh, I'm alone on this thing. And I remember the first time that happened, I looked behind me, realized I was unsupported and I crashed into the grass three seconds later. That's an awareness thing. Oh, my mental picture of I'm not getting helped anymore. Suddenly I felt unsupported and I didn't believe that I could ride it myself, even though I actually could. That's an awareness thing. Now, as kids, we generally don't think of all that stuff, but we're working through it. So awareness is where the juice is and curiosity is how you get it. Like, whoa, you crashed the bike. What actually happened there? You know, does a parent actually say, okay, you crashed. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened, you know, right, right before? Uh, no, what they basically usually say is like, get up and try again. All right, well, that's okay. But to be curious and say, what happened? Are you okay? What happened? Oh, I saw you weren't there. And then suddenly I panicked. Oh, that's interesting. Now that could be a moment where a kid learns about their relationship to fear. But how many parents do that? So when that doesn't happen, the kid has to repress the fear, you know, for the rest of their life <laughs> until they dig it up themselves. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do.
If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.